people, what's up? Thank you for checking us out, Real Not Rude. Don't forget that you can find us on Facebook and Twitter under Real Not Rude and on Instagram under Keep It Real Not Rude. Also, we are on all the platforms. Our podcast is on Amazon as well as Audibles. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, and of course, Spotify Podcasts. Please, you guys, follow us on social media, like, share, engage, you know, follow us, please, so that our audience can grow and pass the word. In addition, we also still do our shows where we have the discussions on relationships, friendships, situationships, whatever. And if you would like to be a part of that, definitely shoot us an email. All you need to join is your email address and your name and only your first name or even a nickname. Drop us a discussion that you would like to go over and we will definitely get back to you and let you know if it's something we can include. That's at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. Once again, you guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Be safe and check us out. Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome back to Real Not Rude. Believe it or not, I am back with another episode of When Friends Go Wrong. And this episode is another criminal episode. So now this one in particular is an episode of celebrities who murdered their spouses. So you know, over the years, there's been a lot of high profile cases about celebrities, celebrities who were involved in um, murders. Um, of their family members. Now, some of these people you will know, and some of them may not sound familiar to you. And so I'll give a little bit of background on them, and they still may not sound familiar to you. Now, one of them I am going to give an update on maybe later on in the week or next week. Um, When I get to him, you will know who he is. So the information is outdated because He is no longer incarcerated. He has since been released um, after his crime and also um, his victim. There's an update on his victim or one of his victims as well. So I'll give an update on him, not today, but later on. Now, one of the um, people as well is very interesting to hear how light of a sentence that they got. And so I'm actually... I was unfamiliar with her, and so I'm actually going to give a little insight on her today. I won't update you later on her because I am not familiar with her, and you may not be either. This is something that happened quite some time ago, but I did do um, some extra research, and so it was um, interesting to hear more in depth about her case you know, um, how, uh, she ended up getting off so lightly and, um, what went, uh, behind the scenes. So when I get to both of those people, one of them, you'll know right away when I mention him. Um, but the lady I'll bring more, uh, forward what I'm talking about when I get to her, I'll let you know. And then I'll go dig deeper into the details about her case when I get to her. So sit back and listen. There's 16 celebrities and, I'll give you the information on them, starting with number one. Number one, Earl Hayes. In 2014, upcoming rapper Earl Hayes made headlines for something that had absolutely nothing to do with his music. 
After gunshots were heard at his apartment, police arrived to find both him and his wife dead. According to authorities, Hayes killed his wife Stephanie in their home and then took his own life. Hayes' wife, Stephanie Mosley, was a professional dancer who had appeared on VH1 series, Hit the Floor. Number two, Spade Cooley. In his prime, Spade Cooley was a very popular big band leader and actor. However, his career was cut short when he was arrested, tried, and convicted for the murder of his wife in 1961. According to reports, Cooley suspected his wife of having an affair, which she later admitted to right after filing, I'm sorry, right before filing for a divorce, and he killed her out of anger. Cooley was sentenced to prison, but died of a heart attack while he was out on a three-day furlough to perform at a concert. Number three, Gig Young. Academy Award-winning actor Gig Young was well-known for his skills as an entertainer. However, over the year, he has become equally as famous for being involved in a murder-suicide in which he killed his wife in 1978. At the time of their deaths, the couple had only been married for three weeks, and a motive for the murder was never identified. Number four, Russell Neal. Russell Neal was a member of the R&B group High Five, which found success during the 90s with their popular single, I Like the Way, The Kissing Game. In 2014, he was arrested and charged with the murder of his wife after walking into the police station and announcing that she was dead. The woman was then found stabbed to death, and the couple's two children were placed in the custody of Neil's mother-in-law. Now, if I remember correctly, his brother prior to also murdered his wife or his girlfriend as well. That, was, that would be something you would have to research, but they both, if I remember correctly, murdered the, mother, the mothers of their children or their significant others. And uh, there was actually uh, some stories either on something like uh, the ID channel or even, um, I don't know if it was like Fatal Attraction, but one of those true crime stories. So if you actually looked up his name, you probably would be able to find a story that gives more details about their, his background. I don't think about his brother's background. I think it touches on his brother, but because he was a star, I think it gave more detail about his background. Number five, Claudine Longuette. Singer, actress, dancer, Claudine Longuette once enjoyed a life in the spotlight. However, after the murder of her longtime boyfriend, former Olympian, Spider Sabich, Longuette has been chosen, has chosen to live a very private life away from cameras. In 1976, Longuette was arrested and charged with Sabich's murder after she claimed the gun went off accidentally. Longuette was found guilty of negligent homicide and sentenced to serve 
30 days in prison, which she was allowed to serve on the days that she chose. Now, this is the story that I was talking about that I found very interesting that she was allowed to serve 30 days and allowed to serve them the way that she chose to serve them. So I was, you know, curious on why this was allowed. I just thought it was very interesting since she was accused of murder. So she was previously uh, married and she asked, uh, she had children. So her husband prior to this, one of the things they were asking, because he was very supportive of her and he publicly supported her throughout the trial, paid for her legal defense. He even escorted her to and from the courthouse. So they really, they wanted to know why. So they actually asked him about his unwavering support of his ex-wife. And he said, she is the mother of my children and we never stopped being friends. We just didn't want to be married anymore. So a lot of the reason why she only got a slap on the wrist is because of the investigative office. So they made two procedural errors that aided her defense. They took a blood sample from her without first obtaining a warrant. They confiscated her diary without a warrant. And according to prosecutors, the sample showed the presence of cocaine in her blood and her diary reportedly contradicted her claim that her relationship with Sabich, whom she murdered, had not soured. So to further muddle the prosecution's case, the gun was mishandled by weapons non-experts. They were unable to cite any of the disallowed material. Prosecutors used the autopsy report to suggest that when Sabich was shot, he was bent over facing away and was at least six feet from Logette, which would be inconsistent with the position and relative distance of someone who is demonstrating the operation of a firearm. So the jury convicted her of negligent homicide, and this is why they sentenced her to pay a small fine and spend 30 days in jail. So because of all of this mishandling of the evidence and the prosecution's muddled evidence as well, the judge allowed her to choose her days to be served, believing that this arrangement would allow her to spend time with her children. So she chose most of her sentence on the weekends. Critical reaction to the verdict and and sentencing was subsequently gave her the opportunity to vacation with her defense attorney. Her defense attorney, his name was Ronald Austin. And at that time, while he was her defense attorney, he was married. After everything was said and done, after the court case was said and done and everything, Longette and Austin, Ronald Austin, her defense attorney, later married. And to this date, as of 2023, 
they are still married and live in Aspen. So if you want to know how Sabich, the murder victim, how his family felt about all this, after the criminal trial, his family initiated civil proceedings to sue Longet. And eventually it was resolved out of court with the provision that she could never discuss or write about the killing or the settlement, which explains why she decided to live her life away and out of the spotlight. In addition, probably because of the murder and also probably for her children, but also it would have been of no benefit to her because she could not profit from it as well. I thought that was interesting to hear the background on why she was um, so lightly sentenced. And I, you know, I never heard much about her, but there was a lot of other background on her in the mainstream industry because um, she had a relationship with the Kennedys. And, you know, if you ever read up on her, uh, she was very well known. I don't know her, but it could be from her time when she was uh, um, known, but uh she was very well known. Anyway, number six, William Burrow. William Burrow was an author. He gained popularity during the Beat Generation under the pen name William Lee. However, like any great author, Burrow was full of creative ideas, one of which eventually got him in a lot of trouble. In 1951, Burroughs accidentally shot and killed his wife while trying to school an apple off of her head. After her death, Burroughs stated, I am forced to the appalling conclusion that I would have never become a writer but for Joan's death. So the death of Joan brought me into contact with the invader, the ugly spirit and maneuvered me into a lifelong struggle in which I had no choice except to write my way out. It sounds like he had a struggle between talent and mental illness, and that is just my opinion. Number seven, Robert Blake. Many probably are familiar with his name. This was a long held out trial through the media. It was ongoing. It was a big fiasco. Robert Blake. He began his acting career as a little rascal, and in parentheses, it says literally and figuratively. Went on to have a very successful career in the acting industry. However, in 2001, he found himself in hot water when he was arrested and tried for the murder of his wife, Bonnie Bakley. According to reports, Bakley was shot to death while sitting in a car waiting for Blake and authorities believe that he was somehow connected to the incident. I thought that that story was very interesting between Blake and Bakley. And yes, her last name was not Blake, it was Bakley, because I don't remember all of the details and I did not go back to research it, but I could be incorrect, but I do remember that he didn't really, he wasn't really very interested in her. She was really heavily pursuing him. I think for him, it was more of a fling and this child. Um, I could be incorrect, but for some reason, that's what I remember. Um, 
But I do remember this was a very big fiasco. Number eight, Ray Carruth. Unfortunately for Ray Carruth, he is now more well known for being a murderer than he is for being a football star. In 1999, he was involved in the murder of his pregnant girlfriend after hiring a hitman to kill her. According to reports, Karuf blocked the woman's car with his while another man shot her. After the incident, Karuf attempted to go out on the run and was eventually found hiding in the trunk of a car. Karuf is currently serving time for his involvement in the crime. Now, this is outdated and this is the case that I was saying I would do an update on because he is out. I believe, if I remember correctly, he was released in 2019. Um, and actually a journalist actually went and knocked on his door and interviewed him. And I'm sure he has since been interviewed um, in other ways as well. But I thought it was interesting, the journalist and some of the things that he um, was able to catch up with him and talk to him about. Um, in addition, I know that Karuth also tried to get in contact with his son, the one who uh, suffered trauma due to um, his mother being um, sh shot while he was uh, still being carried by his mom um, and permanent, you know, damage. Uh, but uh, I will update you about that. Probably not this week, possibly next week. We will see. But I thought that in case you don't know, uh, you might like to hear what uh, he is doing now. And um, and then maybe possibly you would like to hear how uh, his son is doing. And he also had an older son. Um, as a matter of fact, partial uh, rumor is that um, that is one of the reasons that he wanted to hurt the mother of um his youngest child because he did not want to pay child support for this uh, second child. Of course, um, if I remember correctly, he never admitted to that crime, um, but that is rumored to be one of the reasons. Not wanting a child, not wanting to pay child support, so on and so forth. But anyway, he did his time and I thought it would be uh, something that I could bring you up to date on uh, and what he is doing now since he was released and... Um, how his youngest child, whose mother, unfortunately, is deceased, is doing. Next, number nine, Chris Benoit. In 2007, former WWE superstar Chris Benoit killed his wife and their son in a murder-suicide, which took place at their home in Georgia. Benoit shot his wife and strangled his son before hanging himself. Although the motive was never clearly identified, some think Benoit had been suffering from violent mood swings due to receiving numerous contusions. And I'm assuming they meant by contusions, blows and trauma to his head. That is horrendous. All of these are horrendous, but it's just, that's horrendous. Number 10. Faye DeWitt. Actress Faye DeWitt may look like a sweet little old lady, but she also has another side. In 1965, DeWitt was charged with the death of her husband, Ray Allen, after she stabbed him repeatedly with a letter opener. According to reports, Allen had repeatedly abused DeWitt, and on the day of his death, 
he allegedly broke into her home and began banging her head into the wall. Number 11, Sid Vicious. In 1978, after his girlfriend, Nancy Spoonjan, was found dead on the bathroom of their hotel room, Sid Vicious immediately fell under suspicion. Vicious was eventually arrested for the crime. He stated, I stabbed her, but I never meant to kill her. However, before the trial could be completed, Vicious died of a drug overdose. According to Vicious' mother, she found a note after his death, which stated, we had a death pact and I have to keep my half of the bargain. Please bury my baby next to my next to me. Bury me in my leather jacket, jeans, and motorcycle boots. Goodbye. Number 12, Jovan Belcher. In 2012, after a very heated argument, former NFL player Jovan Belcher killed his longtime girlfriend. Belcher then drove away from the scene of the crime and shot and killed himself. Those who were close to the couple said they were completely shocked and saddened by this random incident. Because of this horrible tragedy, the couple's young daughter was left an orphan. Number 13, Oscar Pistorius. Olympic runner Oscar Pistorius first made headlines when he competed in the Olympic Games using two prosthetic legs. In 2013, Pistorius made headlines again after shooting his girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp. Originally, people believed Pistorius' story that he accidentally shot her after mistaking her for a home intruder. However, Pistorius was eventually found guilty and is currently serving out his sentence in his home country of South Africa. Number 14, Bryn Hartman. In 1998, Bryn Hartman shot and killed her husband while he was asleep. However, before cops even arrived at the scene, Hartman had killed herself. Hartman's lawyer suggested a number of things that could have been factors in bad behavior, including her substance abuse, excuse me, including her substance abuse issues. In fact, Hartman had been sober for 10 years, but was reintroduced to drugs by comedian Andy Dick. Number 15, Michael Jace. In 2014, actor Michael Jace placed a 911 call in which he told the dispatcher, I killed my wife. When authorities arrived on the scene, Jace's wife was found dead. Jace was arrested for the crime. Many believe that this murder grew from a domestic violence incident. During his trial, Jace pleaded not guilty for the crime. And finally, number 16, O.J. Simpson. During the 90s, former football star O.J. Simpson found himself one of the most high-profile murder cases the county has seen in years. 
After being accused of killing his wife and her friend, many people in the public found themselves disgusted with Simpson. Although most of the evidence pointed directly at him, he maintained his innocence. Thanks to the tireless work of his attorneys, he was found not guilty. Many people in the public still believe that he had something to do with it. In 2007, he published a book detailing what he would have done if he had been the one responsible for the crime. So you guys, that is it. That is all 16. If I slaughtered anyone's name, I hope you forgive me because I did try to pronounce everyone's name correctly. I will be doing an update on Ray Carruth again. It will probably be next week, not this week, but you know, listen up for it. It will be coming. I will be trying to get back on track. Now my schedule is back in the flow. So I'll be trying to get back on track, but I am trying to now do a little twist instead of, because there is so much negativity going on. Um, so I'm going to start looking for some stories of when friends go right. So more stories where I can find friendships that were mended. So even if they were friendships where they went wrong, somehow, some way, where they turned around. Now, unfortunately, it is harder to find good stories. It, it is sad to say, but I am going to do my absolute best. Maybe I can find some stories of forgiveness, um, but I will still be doing when friends go wrong, but I'm also going to try to start throwing in some things of um, some stories of when things were mended to brighten up some of these stories because there are a lot of times, so many times that we're turning on the TV and everything is already so bad. So hopefully I can find some things that are often brightening, brightening, excuse me, up our days as well. You guys, Real Not Rude, Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, Keep It Real Not Rude. And don't forget, you can email me at keepitrealnotrude at gmail.com. Be safe.